Yeah. So yeah, here's but... my Kong. I've got an 18-inch Kong here. <laughs> I know you're being funny, but it's not. It's heavy, not heavy. Stupid. Jester, Jester, it's... You're listening to... Kuya is an absolute moron. Filmmaker Mike and the boys. That's what I see Yo, everyone, you're listening to Filmmaker Mike and the boys. Joining me for this episode is Sequester Jester. Hey, everybody. And Pinhead. What's up? Yeah, so Kuya is not here with us tonight. Uh, like last week, we had a threesome, and we're having another threesome this week. That's uh, For whatever reason, but hey... um. Kuya is celebrating his lovely wife's birthday weekend with her. Um, I'm not sure. They, they went on an out-of-town trip, I think. So we wish them well, and uh, we, we hope they have a safe and fun trip. So um, And it'll be interesting uh, to always hear feedback. Like, Jester, did you get to listen to the last episode? I did, yes. Yeah? What would you think? <laughs> I thought you guys did really well. Uh, there was a couple things. There was a couple things I disagreed with on the uh, episode two of Falcon and Winter Soldier, but for the most part, I thought you guys did a great job. Really good communication with each other, and uh, yeah, cool. We definitely missed you. That's for sure. I missed you guys too. Yeah, it's nice to have you back. And then, of course, but hey, you know, life happens, and yeah, as as exciting and as you know, we know that everyone's like waiting for this monumental podcast of these guys of all of us to hear our voices <laughs> like yeah right yeah, like okay. i mentioned i made a joke at the last episode when we took like a, a week break um that some some of the people or some of the listeners or some of the haters maybe i don't know maybe even thought like oh they finally quit fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> finally rid of that rubbish yeah, yeah. but you know it's just, I don't know. It's just always fun to make fun of ourselves, I guess. And I will say for a disclaimer real quick for the YouTube video, if you see me like jerking my arm a little bit, it's kind of, <laughs> it hurts It hurts because I got the shot today, so. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. First dose. You got yeah. your microchip? <laughs> yeah, the government's got me now, man. Oh, boy. oh, as if as if they couldn't hear your conversation on your mobile device. So that's I'm just giving a warning because it does it is really tender right now. So it oh, looks okay. like I'm. It always looks like right now I'm winding up for the pitch. So did they give you like a sticker or like a pin or or they a lollipop? From, no, rotten bastards. I guess it's because it's my first dose because all they gave me was here make sure you keep this so you can come back and make sure you can get your second dose oh your card that that right now my friend is the most valuable piece of paper you can ever have at this moment because it gets you a free donut every day for the rest of the year at Krispy Kreme we tried it last week with my wife she just showed her card so technically I could take her vaccination card and just they won't even read it they'll just see that you get the card and they're like, oh, here's a free donut. Like, oh, you know? yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guess there are some other businesses that have also gone in on the whole, like, hey, show your vaccination card, whether it's the one dose from Johnson & Johnson or the, you know, or you're on your first dose of the, the two dose. Um, well, I'll, I'll, 
and you get some deals on like local businesses and stuff like that. So there was like, a, I think in Idaho or Ohio, there's like an arcade bar that if you show your vaccination card, they'll give you like five or 10 bucks in like tokens or something like that. And like discounts off drinks. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, dude, I, I feel like holding out now. I want to see what else I can get for free. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you, it was called the Livestock Event Center. They, we were livestock, I'll tell you, because they <laughs> were bet. like herding us in and like fill your paperwork out, go in there, bam, 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 get it done. So, yeah. I'm, I'm getting mine on Wednesday at the drive-thru at one of the local hospitals here. So I'm excited for that because I don't have to get down the car. Uh, do they, do they have you like pull on your pants for your butt cheek or something? Do they put it there? <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> kind of hard to like be in the car. She got mad at me because I didn't have my arm lifted, like my shirt open enough. So I, she's like, you need to push that up further so I can stick you. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Whoa! I'll just, just show up naked. You should have given her your your butt cheek. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna show up naked, like just in case. Like you guys can put it wherever you want. I guess <laughs> yeah. do whatever you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, hey, you know what? Um, that's what's happening right now. I gotta commend. You know what's happening right now as far as that because we are in a, in essence we're ahead of schedule. You know. Um, I wasn't even thinking that the general population would even get, you know, vaccines until around May or maybe even June. Um, but they are way ahead of schedule on that. And they're doing a really good job with the, with the distribution of it. So I'm really impressed with that. And it's, it's getting, you know, it's, we're slowly getting back to that, uh, that sense and that state of normalcy, you know, slowly, but surely. So, um, yeah. And, uh, I'm sure, Jester, you saw the news uh, that Disneyland, they, did you see the trailer for the Avengers Campus that they're opening? Yeah, I mean, they're supposed to be building that during their whole COVID lockdown, right? Is it done yet? Yes, it's done. There's a trailer and they show like the, they show um, the locations. There's the Avengers Campus and then it looks like there's the, um, what's the name of Dr. Strange's uh, place? Oh, uh, um, the sanctum, sanctum sanctorium. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it looks like a broken down version of it, and there's even like a Wakanda garden or something like that. So um, did they? Uh, did they give the Bugs Life a boot and they yeah, put it there? Yeah, that's it. Okay. You know, and I gotta say, I really like the Bugs Life area, the Bugs Land, yeah. because we always walk by it, and then there we know that there was a restroom there. You know, there was benches and then a lot of the kiddie rides for the kids. And then they even had like an underground uh, 3D or like 4D theater over there. Yep. They got rid of that. And then there is a there is a Disney fan group, a Disneyland fan group that was like making posters for a Bugs Land when in the Avengers uh, Endgame style poster, Avenge the Fallen. And it's, <laughs> a Bugs Land. it's a Bugs Land. Um, is that like? That chubby bug from from Bugs Life. Oh, the caterpillar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that um, the Avengers Campus is set to open in June, but of course, mm. currently, Disneyland when it opens officially, I think in like next week or two weeks, um, is only open to California residents so far. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, and I think of course it's 
it does make sense because they are going to limit the amount of people in there. Because if they were like, hey, Disneyland's open, come every everyone, come over. Yeah. Like, holy shit, like everyone who's been waiting, you'd be like, I want to build a lightsaber. I want to, like, give me my blue milk, my green milk, like, you know. By this the way, it's going to be a nightmare. Did you see the uh, TikTok that I showed? Or, like, there's an Instagram video as well of your favorite Tom Brady at, uh, at yeah, Disney I, World building a lightsaber. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, he was at, um, was it uh, Disney World, right? Yeah, Galaxy's Edge yeah. and Disney's, Disney World, yeah. Yeah, I still don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, a, hey, look at me. I'm famous, and uh, I'm going to get more followers so I can go to the Super Bowl again next year and uh, ruin everyone's <laughs> dreams. How about that? Huh, well, son? Well, give also, me a kiss. Yeah, I think that's also because he – he won the the Super Bowl, of course, and I think he was he the MVP. I'm sure he was the most veiny thing. Yeah. So um, it was a whole part of it, like, hey, they when they win the Super Bowl, the MVP is like, I'm gonna go to Disney World. <laughs> like, yeah. there's even a there was a video on Instagram of him trying the blue milk and the green milk, and I think he preferred the blue milk over, or I think it was the green. I'm not sure. Can't remember. Whichever one's got steroids in it. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know if he takes steroids i'm just i throw in shade oh yeah look, the guy's a fantastic athlete i don't deny he's an amazing guy but like i just don't like him like i i listened to the guy drop the n-bomb and like nobody cared and i just laughed yeah. i was like are you kidding me this guy gets the best you would have thought that would have made like ooh controversial news yeah. we're nope. canceling tom brady nobody <laughs> cares like seriously dude oh, like, oh, tom brady oh yeah he's good <laughs> oh our buddy <laughs> oh he gets yeah, a pass forget that man anyone with the last name brady's good oh gosh oh man but yeah, yeah. I, I just thought when i as soon as i saw it and then of course you got um on easter sunday jared leto uh posted <laughs> uh someone sent him a picture of their grandma worshiping a picture of jared leto who looks oh like my jesus gosh. And then, of course, they sent it to Jared Leto, and of course, he posted, and his and the hashtag was "Praise Be." Dude, don't feed that guy's ego. Like, don't. Like, I know, he right? Already, he already has a cult. Don't do that. And that's like, why, as soon as I saw it, of course, I had to tag you. <laughs> and of course, he posted it on Easter Sunday. Like, holy shit! Oh my gosh, dude! So bad. <laughs> oh man and um yeah for those um who may be wondering like what what the hell is he talking about i shared it on the instagram for uh filmmaker mike and the boys so if you're not following us on instagram make sure you follow us on instagram at f-m-a-n-d-t-b so that's the instagram for the show and then of course you can follow us on twitter at f-m-a-n-d-t-b podcast and then, of course, on YouTube, you can just search Filmmaker Mike and the Boys. You will see the channel, um, and you can follow us there. You can subscribe. And you can also su subscribe to Jester and Pinhead's uh, channels. They're also making some content. So check it out. It's fun. And then, of course, we're also on Facebook. Just search for Filmmaker Mike and the Boys, and you should see our page. And we only share that, of course, whatever social media you prefer. You can follow us on whichever one. And then when we do updates for the show, you can always see that. Or when we when we share stuff or post stuff, you can always see that. Or if, if you don't care about social media, and you're like, fuck you guys, I'm not following you. Hey, that's fine. As do long as you're want. listening to the show, that's still something. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 
such as uh, the fun stuff. <clears throat> so yeah, we're going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And my goodness, this this series is moving along. We've got six episodes, and we've already seen four. Uh, we've got two episodes left. And um, so we did... Uh, so for the first three episodes, episode one is New World Order, was 49 minutes. Episode two, The Star-Spangled Man, 49 minutes. And then, of course, last week's episode... Episode three, Power Broker, was 53 minutes. Of course, not including the seven minutes of, you know. It's impressive yeah. when you see, like, oh, my God, almost a full hour after WandaVision, throwing in 30 or, like, 20-minute episodes or whatever. With and then Disney goes, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, exactly. Six minutes of credits there, fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's no, there's no zooming in Vision's eye this time or his cataract or whatever. Um, so the newest episode, episode four, the whole world is watching, is another 53 minutes. And so for, the, for episode four, the description goes, John Walker loses patience with Sam and Bucky as they learn more about Carly Morgenthau. And so, yeah, the series is moving along. It really does almost feel like just one big movie and they just split it up into chapters. For me, yeah. that's how I feel it is. Um, and each episode for me just keeps, it just keeps elevating and keeps getting better and better as we go in each episode. Um, so I do want to mention for the last episode, episode three, Power Broker, we got um, a slow-mo shot of Baron Zemo and Bucky and uh, Sam walking in the club. And then we even got Zemo doing his best, like, shaking, like, throwing the dice dance move, which everyone requested for the release, the Zemo cut. And, of course, <laughs> Disney, Disney released the Zemo cut of 10 seconds, or maybe if that, if it's, if it's even 10 seconds of Zemo yeah. dancing, on a loop for an hour, mm-hmm. you know, over and over, and everyone was like, yeah, they released the Zemo cut. Look at that. Suck on that, DC fans. Suck on that. <laughs> and I'm like, Dude. are you guys really comparing a dance scene over a movie that was butchered? Like, let's That's not... because they're petty. They're petty. Yeah. And I'm like, and I actually got into it with some people online on Facebook. I bet you did. <laughs> and this guy was like, I stopped at two hours for the Snyder Cut. And I'm like, um, it's a four hour movie. There's two more hours. And then he was like, yeah, and I watched the Z- the Zemo cut. And I'm like, yeah, but did you, w- no one cares, no one will even care to watch the whole hour of the Zemo cut on a loop. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, holy shit. Slow, slow your roll there, buddy. The like, Zemo Jesus. cut. Yeah, like really, <laughs> because that really trended over several years and that really raised awareness and money for suicide prevention. Like, come on. Here's the one thing I know it's annoying, like, believe me. But the thing is, is this is what I was talking about when I saw the, the, the fans get what they wanted with the Snyder cut is that more fans will do the same with whatever else they Mm -hmm. want. This is the good thing. Disney did what they wanted. 
now yeah. I hope I hope that bleeds into other companies being like, oh, I mean, this is getting us a bunch of publicity. Let's do the same thing. So uh, in the end, I hope it ends up working out well for the Snyder Cut. For whatever reason, you know, Warner Brothers just has their like iron fist over anything that people love. So it's I don't know. They're just their egos too big right now to let anything happen. But I hope that changes, man. I really do. So we don't like money here at Warner Brothers. At the Brothers Warner, we don't like to make money. <laughs> we <laughs> like our egos stroked way oh, wait, more. Hold that. on. So the Marvel fans, the Disney fans who requested for the Zemo cut, they got what they wanted. Does that mean they're oh my god, entitled? <laughs> <laughs> dun dun oh, dun. Because holy shit, when we got the Snyder Cut after fucking begging and hashtagging the shit out of release, the Snyder Cut, people said, oh, why are they giving it to them? They're entitled. Like, wow. Okay. Really? Oh, Party poopers, bro. Jeez yep. Louise. <laughs> so and I'm like, really don't like people being happy. Like, seriously. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to like the Snyder Cut. But it doesn't mean that you you need, you need to trash people who enjoy it. Like, let people enjoy exactly. what they enjoy. Like, and I mean, come on. If if any comic book property, superhero property, I mean, right now we're in the golden age of superhero entertainment. It is the number one. I mean, come on. Mar Marvel movies have made billions of dollars. You know, if any comic book property, whether it's DC or Marvel or it's invincible on Amazon Prime, or it's another, you know, original superhero property or something that, you know, starts out and does well. It's a good thing for everyone because that means we're going to keep getting more of that mm -hmm. stuff, you know? Yep. It's not like, because uh, I remember like an article like a few years ago, someone said something along the lines of, oh, the superhero movie will go the way of the Western one day. It's going to go to that. But, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't. It'll be a while. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, a while because, I mean, as long as they're telling compelling stories and they're, they're making these, you know, uh, very, these characters compelling enough to, to follow and enjoyable and all these things, then I think people are just going to want more of it. Pinhead, go ahead. And to be honest, who cares if that happens? That would be an honor because... That would be, then it would be in a category like sci-fi and horror and the Western, they never die. Mm -hmm. That nonsense, oh, it died. No, it didn't. It may have not have been as prevalent, but it, it always comes back and has this huge resurgence because we see it in every, other, every decade or every other decade where people get this hankering to make a, a, a Western film. Yep. So it never right. dies like these idiots out. It's dead and it's gone and it's never coming back okay say that in 10 years when you'll probably still be alive and it probably won't even take that long and you'll see this resurgence of westerns and horrors and sci-fi picks but you know it's dead that's the, the definition of dead means cease to exist and it cannot come back so right you know I don't think these things ever will die. You know, will they continue? Will we ever see the continued, you know, billions and billions of dollars like we once had seen? I don't think so. But they're not going to die. It's impossible. 
mm-hmm. the the, right. the pop culture significance alone you can't kill it like people like my grandparents who don't care about these things know about them so the, the pop culture significance alone you can't kill it you just can't right that's true that's very true and so of course <clears throat> diving into this episode um man what an episode it's it's taken quite a turn you know not gonna bury the lead here of course John Walker got a hold of the serum. Spoilers. (laughs) Now he's enhanced. Yeah, dude. Like I I thought he was already enhanced. Was that just me? I did too. Like I thank you. I was like, I thought he was already enhanced. I I didn't. I didn't think he was. Well, it was like they were they told us that he wasn't, but he was just so like twitchy and like just angst all the time. I thought he had yeah, I thought he was either enhanced or a tweaker. That's the only two options. Those are the only two options. Yeah. Because you're right. He was always twitching and, like, acting funny and, like, now, once again, like I've stated before, like with WandaVision, maybe that's a mental health issue, which we might see as we go down the line at the end of this episode where he loses oh, yeah. his shit, but we'll get into that. But I, I agree with you. I, I, You're not the only one, Jester. I actually thought that he was enhanced, too, but I was wrong. It just it must be from the PTSD. I mean, what their yeah their three right. was it three Medal of Honors he has right yeah that makes more sense with the PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in that in that uh, a few episodes ago when he when he came to save the day like a like like an actual comic book like when he he came to save the day in the helicopter um, when they jumped on the truck like you could see that he was struggling. Like he was, yeah. he was struggling in the fight. Like he wasn't, you know, and it, it took him a while. Like when he was hanging off the edge of the truck, uh, it took him a while to get up. So well, that's he, what, that's what threw me off is like, cause when I was thinking about it, I was like, cause you do, now that you bring that up, when I was thinking about it, I was like, if this guy's enhanced, he's one of the biggest pussied version of enhanced soldiers. Because <laughs> I remember right. going like, I thought he was enhanced, but I'm like, He's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. So, but the, the only reason why I thought he was enhanced is for, if you watch it for that same episode, for a certain amount of time, who we know Bucky is enhanced, he was holding his own better with them than Bucky was. That's why I thought he was enhanced. Because we know Bucky is, and Bucky was getting his ass kicked, and then this guy comes in, and for a moment before that, where he gets his ass kicked and he's struggling, that's right. why I thought he was enhanced because he was holding his own more than Bucky was with those guys. Right. I do. That's wanna, the only part of confusion I had. So, yeah, I do want to jump back to the very beginning because it kicks off right where the last episode ended. And um, Bucky is talking to Ayo, who is a warrior from, uh, or one of the um, Dora Milaje from Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we see a flashback because, of course, last episode, she was telling him. We want Zemo because he's responsible for the death of King T'Chaka. Uh, because, of course, Civil War, events in Civil War, he framed Bucky when, in fact, Zemo was the perpetrator and the murderer of King T'Chaka. So Wakanda wants him to be brought to justice, so they, they want to take him back to Wakanda. And, of course, Bucky is explaining to her that um, she's asking him, like, why did you release him? Why did you get him out of prison? And he's letting her know that he's explaining to her that he's a means to an end. They need him to be able to, you know, 
get down to the bottom of uh, what's going on right now. And then we see this flashback of him and her back in Wakanda right after the events of Civil War. So in between Civil War and Infinity War, where he doesn't have his, um, his cybernetic arm and she tries to say those key phrases, those key words to try to see if he still, you know, can succumb as the winter soldier and it doesn't work. And it's just a really raw and very emotional and powerful performance of him really like struggling. And like when he's just like, you know, in tears and then he, she lets him, she confirms after she says all the words that he doesn't succumb to, you know, switching back to the winter soldier. She, when she tells him you are free and you just see that like genuine like joy and happiness that he's finally you know been freed of that because for the longest time he's been a slave to it you know and he whoever would would get a hold of him or would control him and say those words would basically basically be there you know do their bidding and essentially be a slave you know to that uh with that due to that programming from hydra so that was a really powerful performance right at the beginning. I was just like, wow. That guy's got range, man. His yeah. acting performance is really good. Um, right, yeah. He could do comedy, and then he goes does that dramatic scene, and then he does anger. You know, he, he's all over the place. I think it's, it's really good, really impressive to watch. Right, right. But yeah, and then, of course, later on, um, they're tracking down Carly, and Sam is really trying to reason in, like, uh, let them know like hey let me talk to her let me talk to her first and it makes sense but that you know of course when we were introduced to to Sam in uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier he was helping other other service members with PTSD and like talking to them and what they've been through and their experiences and all that so it made sense that yeah let me talk to her first you know and then but also before that they um the Dora Milaje show up at uh, the hotel or a part, yeah, the hotel that they were staying at, the room that mm. they were staying at to claim Zemo. And then of course, John Walker's already there and like, you're not going to get him. Like, who are you? And they, they basically laid a smackdown on him and Battlestar. Dude. And he was just like, they weren't even, they weren't even super soldiers. Like, <laughs> he was like in shock. And I'm like, yeah, boy, you don't need to be a super soldier to kick fucking ass. Like, what's Dude. up? Like, wow. Best, oh, man. Best scene of the episode, too. Because, I mean, they, they handed it to those guys. And they were handing it to um, Bucky and, and Falcon when they jumped in halfway through. Yeah. They, I mean, they were just going to let it happen. Yeah. I, I kind of thought it was odd that they'd be fighting with Bucky and with Sam. Like, dude, like, are we not? Like, you guys know them. But of course, it just got out of hand that they were just like, fuck yeah. you guys, we're taking Zemo. Like, give it, yeah. give him to us. Like, enough of this shit. Like, we're not going to take this shit. We're fucking Dora Milaje. Like, you know, come on. Mm -hmm. So, and I thought it was interesting when one of them got a hold of the shield. Because yeah. it's the vibranium shield. You know, that's, yeah. that's what they hold near and dear. Because, I mean, that is Wakanda. Is a huge part of the, the vibranium. It has been a part of their life and the, their culture. So, and then she was like, just leave it. Yeah. So really, uh, yeah, it was an excellent, excellent uh, scene. Yeah, because when, at a certain point, when John has the shield, like she throws the spear 
and locks the shield. Like he can't even remove it. And he's like struggling. He's like trying to remove it. It's like he looks like a little kid, like holy shit, dude. Yeah, that's a and vibranium it's a, spear. And it's a further testament to just because you have the shield of Captain America doesn't make you Captain America. Exactly. She made you you were her bitch. Exactly. Exactly. So that further is a testament to that. And it kind of proves pr- more so that Sam should have kept the damn shield. So, yeah. 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 Sorry, exactly. Like this little punk ass, like, she swept the leg for the most part. Like, she wasn't even going her hardest on you when she took you out. Right. She wasn't even, she wasn't, she didn't even break a sweat. She wasn't even trying her third of a harness. She whooped that ass. So, and you're the new Captain America. <laughs> yeah, you know? supposed to be. And yeah, the thing I was telling uh, Pinhead last night at work that I felt about this, uh, not just this episode, but the series so far, um, this may be an unfair comparison, but I, I want to mention it in, in a sense because it kind of reminded me of this. So in Star Wars, The Force Awakens, a huge part of that movie was Luke Skywalker. Like, uh, I remember J.J. Abrams was like, who is Luke Skywalker? Like, you won't see him in the film or like, he's a huge part of the film. You can feel his presence and all that stuff through the film, which I kind of did. But in this series, I feel the presence of Steve Rogers, this Mm -hmm. overwhelming like shadow of Captain America and who Steve Rogers was. And I feel it like in every episode, like this whole weight of like, yeah, this is a huge. And now I'm realizing more and more that, yeah, I don't blame Sam for giving up the shield. But at the same time, I kind of do because like, you know, you would have could have at least talked to Bucky about it. Or maybe if you didn't feel like you were right for it, maybe you could have handed it to Bucky instead, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, which we know, of course, Bucky in the, in the comic books for a certain time uh, does use the shield and become you know, Captain America for, for a while. Uh, but yeah, I just realized like the whole presence of like Luke Skywalker in the force awakens. Yeah. It's kind of there, but it's of course, but then of course that's a two hour film. And then here you're getting, you're getting a series where you're like really taking a little bit more time and you're really feeling more of that presence of Captain America and, and not, and not just like a few characters, you're seeing it from like really different perspectives from all, from all sides, basically. Um, you're hearing a two hour hour film shouldn't make any difference if you're a good storyteller and that's what you were trying to get you would have felt that presence of you know your favorite space wizard throughout the entire right right that's That's just bad that's bad that's that's compared because this is the difference between really good storytelling here and you know jar jar abrams storytelling (laughs) that's true you do have a point because And and i don't like to continue to kick him you know, because I do have respect for some of his work. He just has a hard time getting there and getting it done. And 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 I can tell there's a much higher caliber of I'm not I don't know who it is. You know, maybe he's behind the scenes like the Wizard of Oz, but I can feel on this show there's a much higher caliber of writing. Like it just it's so much tighter. The acting is really good. It feels to me, you know, not to go off the rails or off topic. I said 24, it's got that feel to it, but 
even now with this episode, it's got that what made Tom Clancy so prevalent in America today. Like why those stories, why those books flew off the shelves, why those books flew off the shelves and then they turned into movies, which turned into video games and T-shirts and et cetera, et cetera. But that's good storytelling. With the, you know, with where, where, where you, I know where you're going with what you're talking about with, with Jar Jar Abrams. It's like, I didn't feel that I, I would, cause that was one thing. I, I'm glad you brought it up because that was one thing that got me excited about that movie was the fact that he kept saying that he's like, he, he may, or he may not be, or even if he isn't, you'll feel his presence throughout the entire movie. And it's like, where just cause you said, that guy over there in that area, that's what you, that's bad writing. Right. So that's what, all I'm saying is, is the difference between, you know, high quality writing and whole home writing, you know, or right. as we like to say around here, average middle of the <laughs> road. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I don't mean to knock down, you know, the force awakens, I think is still a great film. I still enjoy it. I enjoyed um, it the what what i what i'm trying to get at yeah is definitely that whole the comparison of like there's one of the other things that i guess michael arndt who wrote i think he wrote toy story 3 and i'm sure he wrote other films i just can't remember off the top of my head but one of the things that he was struggling with when writing like the first drafts of the of the force awakens was that when luke skywalker was introduced or was brought in like you know halfway through the movie he just overtook everything. And it was just like overwhelming. Like, how do you balance the, the characters or like, you know, story or whatever? And I, I kind of see why they put him at the end of it. Like, yeah, they're looking for him. Ray finds him and all that stuff. But then I also see a much better story. Because, I mean, we only got three films. I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing about the Star Wars trilogy, right? You get three that's films cool. for each, like, cha- uh each like trilogy so you're already like doing a huge disservice in a sense because you're putting i mean hello luke sky like essentially star wars at the end of it yeah you're getting the millennium falcon you're getting han solo all that, but i mean come on like i still see i still feel like there's a different version of that film where luke skywalker is introduced halfway through the film and you can still have you know, Ray, and you can still have all these other characters interacting with that character and not necessarily him overtaking and overstepping everyone. And I feel like in this series, supposedly I was reading something earlier, we might get a huge cameo, but of course we Ooh. won't don't get too excited because that could be a <laughs> Mephisto. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But then I, I wouldn't put it beyond them. I mean, who knows? We could see old cap steve rogers you know who knows why not you know but then it doesn't mean that he's going to overtake the series granted yeah he'll be much older and he's essentially retired if that happens but you know if they bring him in there's going to be it's going to be for a good specific reason that will serve the story you know and and the characters so but yeah um everything so far about the series like again the each episode keeps getting better and better and then yeah we lead up to um 
when Sam has that conversation because they're looking for uh, Mama, what's her name? I forgot her name. Mama. Mama Mia. Mama Mia. We'll just call her that for right now because I have no idea. Mama something. And like everyone is like, as they were walking in there. Oh, Mama and um, talk about how, how sneaky Baron Zemo is with that Turkish delight. Like, <laughs> want some candy kids? <laughs> it's when you think about it, it's very simple. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, is it genius? Like, holy it's shit. Candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing like getting a kid to, to do your bidding when you got some yeah. candy. Like, you know. Well, he, he gave her, what, like 500 bucks, too? Yeah, uh, for her family, which was mm-hmm. nice. I mean, you know, he could have just been like, here's more candy. Like, yeah. <laughs> enjoyed I, that with your family. But, yeah, that was I nice. Don't know why, but when that. he said TT, I lost my shit. Well, they, <laughs> yeah, that too. They like, all gave him looks. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm talking about when Captain Nemo or Z Barons what when he <laughs> said it, I was like, I just lost my shit because the way he said your Tiki, I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like it, <laughs> just the way he delivers lines mm-hmm. is is pretty damn good. Like because he was a pretty average, whole um average middle of the road character. Now because he's been given better material, we get to see how well this actor does with the materials given and what he's doing with it is fantastic. Cause just those little things like that make it like, give you that little laugh out loud moment where you can go, okay. And then he can be really intense to where you're like this motherfucker. I hope someone bashes his head in. Like <laughs> we get to that moment really soon right after that. So yeah. Yeah. yeah so mean, the whole TT bit that, that got me yeah. laughing hard. I meet you, dude. I couldn't help myself. So in- well, there, there was a couple of them, man. I mean, uh, his well, his head tilt, you know, when um, yeah, he's intimidating. He's doing that help. He's doing that head tilt thing, man. Look out, and he just kind of like straightens it out a little bit. <laughs> you know? So in Tagalog, TT, which is T I T I, actually yeah. means literally. It means dick. <laughs> so. When, wow. when he was saying TT, I was like, what the fuck? This so and I, and I get it, though. I get it why he would call her that. It makes sense. But in Tagalog, like, Filipinos watching that episode, holy shit. They like, were losing oh. their shit. Yeah. By the way, the last episode um, where they're in Madripoor. Oh, yeah. We, we did mention it. There's a hip-hop uh, Tagalog song where yeah, Tagalog, yeah. the rapper is, like, rapping in Tagalog. And I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. But yeah, um, and that's why Kuya in our in our messenger chat on Friday was like, all I know is my TT is proud of me and I'm proud of my TT. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he he messaged that for contact. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, so Mama Mama Donia. Mama Donia is the Mama Donia, okay. Yeah, and um is is the, the person who took in Carly and a lot of the a lot of those people. And like fed them and like took care of them. And I, I just thought it was like funny and interesting when they were like Mama Donia, Mama Donia. Everyone was like leaving, closing the door, and like, get the fuck out of here. Like, we don't want to talk to you. Like, oh, it's those guys. But I also find it interesting that they are showing that the blip, the the after effects of the blip, and of course the after effects of bringing everyone back has caused so much turmoil into the lives of the average people. You know, yeah. we've seen we've seen what it's done. Of course, like you know, when our heroes were blipped, 
out of existence into dust, you know, and then now we're seeing what it's done to average Joe Schmoes and uh, average people like just living their lives, you know, it's, and it's crazy how the world and like, of course, the more powerful like countries or whatever has like moved on and like forgetting other, you know, the people who really need help. So I thought that was fascinating, but yeah, I thought that was a, it was a really interesting conversation. I think Zemo was the one who mentioned to Sam, right. That, um, she's essentially, Carly is essentially a supremacist. You cannot reason with her. Mm-hmm. You cannot, um, you cannot discuss anything with her because she is basically holding this ideal absolute, you know, and that's why he believes, Zemo believes that there cannot be any super soldiers because that's basically leads to the Avengers, you know, for him. And it all ties back to civil war and the fact that he was able to dismantle the Avengers from the inside out without any powers, without any, you know, anything Uh fancy. It's just all simple, you know, uh, diversion and actually looking for the weak points and exploiting it. And of course, with the history of Bucky killing uh, Tony Stark's parents. But yeah, when they have that, when he has that conversation with Carly, you've got, you know, Bucky and John Walker and Battlestar uh, and Zemo waiting there in the in the room next door. And Walker, of course, is just like, can't he can't wait for it. Like, he's just like done. But Bucky's like, it hasn't even been 10 minutes yet. And then Walker's like, are you going to let your buddy, are you going to let your partner die in there? Like, he gives him a guilt trip, which like gets mm-hmm. to him, obviously. And that's when, yeah, when they bust in, Carly's just like, you know, I'm done with this. Like, so, but yeah, and I thought it was interesting when she tries to get away and then Zemo finds the super serum. For a second, I thought that he was going to take like one for himself. Yeah. But it really shows you that he's just like, no, forget that. He just starts breaking the, the vials of the serum and then uh, yep. And then we see Walker just flats out throws a shield at Zemo's face like, holy shit, dude, this guy. I mean, I guess you've, we've seen, we saw Steve Rogers like uh, knock out, um, what's his name, Baron, Baron Von Strucker in Age of Ultron with a yeah. shield. But the way that John Walker just threw the shield, the, you see that shield like freaking hit Zemo in the face like, holy shit. Well, he's reckless. Yeah, yeah. The further testament to like like Jester once said is douchebag nature. Like <laughs> he, he's a re- he's a reckless douchebag, right? You know, and 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 that further pushes the narrative. Like I said, just because you have the shield doesn't mean you're Captain America. So yeah, but, I mean none of the values whatsoever, any of them. You know, no, I don't know anybody on the team of the Avengers. And, the whole concluded it's as reckless as this idiot. I, uh, I I do like what the show is doing as far as like asking questions because uh, there's moments where like oh yeah I, I hate Walker but that, that conversation he had with Battlestar um, where they were saying like man if we had this the serum man like we would have saved so many lives that day when when they got their their stars right. and uh, you got that and then you got uh, Freckles talking about her side you know the only thing that I that I disagree with on her was that she killed people, man. Like, you know, and that's what Sam was trying to tell her, like, you're doing it all wrong. But I see, I see why you're fighting it. You're just fighting it wrong. 
And so right. that is, uh, it's what I liked about the Winter Soldier so much when that came out, uh, the Captain America 2. It asks really important questions that are super relevant to today. And, you know, we're getting like, we're getting way more of that in this one, just all packed in, you know, each episode, we're getting something every episode. So I like that we're getting that. And uh, Zemo's, it's tough for me because I like, I like the dude, but it's like, yeah, you're a bad guy. You should probably go away. But it's like, yeah, if you escaped, I wouldn't be that upset. <laughs> right, right. You know? And also so. um, when Sam is talking to Carly, and he brings up to her, like, my a friend of mine said, you're a supremacist. She's like, no, I'm not. Like, it's like when he's putting it in her face, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're doing all of this wrong. Like, she's like, no, I'm not. I'm trying to do something right. Like, she, of course, she can't see it. She's not yeah. seeing it that way. She's not seeing that perspective. It throws mm-hmm. her off. She's like, yeah. Yep. I didn't mean it like that. It's like, well, right. but that's how you said it. Exactly. And then he asked her, what are you doing with a serum? Well, you're gonna build a you're gonna build a larger army, right? I mean, what else? What else is the point of having the serum with you, or or st- having that stash? You obviously, she obviously just has that goal of, you know, building a, a bigger army, and then um, yeah. So we when we jump forward to that confrontation where they're supposed to meet again, and she tells uh, or she threatens Sam's sister and uh, his nephews that's what gets Sam like, you know, you threaten my sister, like, because she basically calls her on the phone. Carly tells her like, you know, how are the boys or whatever. And Mm -hmm. Sam just basically tells his sister like, Hey, like pack a bag and go to, go to mom's or something or like, no, not mom's because their parents are gone. Um, But he tells her like, just go, go somewhere or go to a safe. I I can't remember like a safe area. Let me know when you're there. When he finally meets Carly again, for the second time, like she tells him to go alone or the sister re- relays the message, like you need to go alone. And then of course, Bucky shows up with him. And then they're, before you know it, they're talking. And then they, um, they find out the plan of Carly is to basically murder John Walker, uh, uh, the symbol, right? The, the, that's the, that was the plan to like uh, get to him to show the world, like, Hey, we can take on this. We can, Captain America, quote unquote, like, you know, because uh, that'll mean something if we take down that symbol. And then, of course, uh, when John Walker and uh, Battlestar are going into that location, uh, Battlestar, for, uh, they get separated. Battlestar gets like kidnapped by some of the guy, this some of the flag smashers. They tie him up. And then John Walker confronts these uh, these other flag smashers. And it's Pretty obvious there that when he throws that shield, it's like, holy shit, he put a dent in that door or something. Like, he's enhanced now. Yep. And just, the, just the way the cinematography was done and everything, like, man, there's some he, there's something different about him now. Because he he, um, he slipped that, that vial of serum in his pocket earlier. Yeah. So, which, to, to that point, like, it's helped him because at least now, even if he's outnumbered with these flag smashers, he can take take them on. Unlike you know, a few episodes ago on the on top of the truck, like he was struggling. So, and then of course when he finally, um, we see Battlestar like he he wakes up and he's got a knife and he's starting to free himself. When they finally get to see each other, and Carly's there, and then 
uh, who is it that um, oh Carly does Carly kick Battlestar or like uh, it was somebody else it was, uh, was I think it was her, her right hand man right because that's the one that uh, Walker went over and like smashed his head in with the shield but it it wasn't him it wasn't him it, it wasn't him was, huh it wasn't him no it wasn't him it, I'm pretty sure it was Carly because because he he does say like it wasn't me it wasn't me oh that's why yeah that's why that's why walker is looking for her because when I, when I, yeah i think when she gets there she kicks him or something i have to rewatch yeah, she kicked again. him into the wall yeah yeah and hard. it was so hard that it just like killed him straight up like i was wondering because i turned around and all next thing i know he was dead and i'm like what the hell happened yeah she <laughs> did something like she the way she hit him was so powerful and he could his body just could not take it and it just like he hit his head i think on the the wall or something yeah. yeah, that was it. Like he was gone, and then it, Dollar Tree Captain America snapped, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, it takes away, like he tries he tries to wake him up, and he's like, hey, you know, yeah. he's trying to wake Lamar, Lamar is like trying to wake him up, but he doesn't, and like he just he's just out. He's okay, old. so that makes more sense because I was like, I really, I literally saw that point. I turned around, he's dead, and then I see you know Dollar Tree Captain America standing over him seeing him dead and then he snaps i'm like what did i i just turned away for like 10 seconds what the hell happened yeah because i think so, she tried she tried to kill walker but okay. i think lamar got in the way or something like that and okay. then once she realized she killed lamar like she she hightailed out of there yeah of course and then the other guy started running too and then he and then walker like started chasing after them and he just like smashes through the window and he like finds that the her right hand man and that's it. Like he he knocks him out with a shield, and then of course right in front of everyone because he's just like so enraged. Like he just killed my my best friend. Like he just starts like smashing that guy with a shield, and like man, uh, we've never seen Captain America. We've seen him throw his shield and use mm. his shield against you know Nazis and other bad guys, but never to the point of beating someone bloody to a pulp with the shield never that way um unlike this un unlike you know of course um what walker did to that guy with the shield dude and i was the, uh i'm sorry go ahead oh go ahead go ahead oh i was just like sitting in my chair like let me just back out and make sure i'm not watching a dc movie for a second because yeah so I, was gonna say, <laughs> I, I was saying the same thing i was like welcome to the big boy table marvel yeah, yeah right <laughs> I got out of your booster seat <laughs> yeah someone posted a meme of walker like looking up or like your um the camera's looking up at him with a shield and he's like holding up the shield and then deadpool from deadpool 2 or i think deadpool 2 or deadpool 1 like, why so dark? Are you sure you're not a DC movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. Like, in this case, it's well earned because it is. It, it built is. up, you know, it built up over time. It's right. It, it's like Pinhead mentioned, it's really uh, excellent writing. So, yep. you know, uh, yeah. And then everyone's. Everyone surrounding in that town square had their phones out, of course. Some, are, I'm probably sure, are, are, are on a Facebook live stream, an Instagram live stream. Some are just <laughs> recording on a video, but it doesn't matter. It's now, and the, it appropriately titled the episode, The Whole World is Watching. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, yeah. Bucky 
Bucky and Sam are just like looking in disbelief. Yeah. And I'm sure Sam is probably thinking like, this is my fault. <laughs> to, yeah. some, to some sense, because, you know, that's the shield. He gave it up. And okay. it went to someone else that's, as Ben had mentioned, reckless. Reckless. I like, I like how symbolic the blood on the shield was too at the end, the last shot. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. It was well done. Yeah. And a lot of people uh, on social media were bringing up that scene from the very first Captain America movie, um, the first Avenger, when Dr. Erskine is speaking to Steve Rogers the night before the, um, the experiment for the mm-hmm. super soldier serum. Uh, Dr. Erskine tells Steve Rogers, promise me one thing, whatever happens tomorrow, you will remain a good man. Not a perfect soldier, but a good man. Yeah, and That's what Steve Rogers was, basically. Yeah, He was whatever happened, he was still a good man. And uh, John Walker is not a good man. He's a perfect soldier, it seems like, but he's not a good man, as you can see at the very end of this episode. Like, wow. Well, it was uh, not only that, but you have um, even Zemo said, well, there hasn't been another Captain America, or there hasn't been another Steve Steve Rogers, correct? Right. And they all just kind of like look at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and yeah, and bringing it back to episode two, when Bucky was pissed off at Sam and told him like, if he's wrong about you or or one of us, or if he's wrong about you, then that means he's wrong about me. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I felt that. I was like, holy shit, yeah. To have your existence like you know, basically to to question that and to realize that your your best friend was wrong about you or wrong about everything like wow that's that's a lot to take on like yeah. huge weight on on your shoulders so but yeah so we got two episodes left and um that's crazy yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel like so much could happen too like that's so open right now i have no idea right right and i think uh, that's that's the sign of a good story and a good series is when yeah you can you can kind of speculate or guess what's going to happen next but yeah then, based on even what they showed in the trailers but there's still yeah the, the possibilities are endless uh you so much can still happen so yep. and i'm really curious as far as john walker i almost feel like i kind of want to see like who's he answering to specifically because steve rogers we 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 knew that he would answer to nick fury to shield basically right you know Who's who's John Walker? I, I want to see someone above the who's the head honcho above John Walker that's giving him, you know. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, he's he's cap he's the new Captain America, but there has to be someone, you know, there has to be someone overseeing him. And maybe so he's secretly like, oversaw by the stockbroker or what or the mortgage power broker. power broker. That's power right. Broker. That's yeah. yeah, that's true. Some some people have are speculating that the power broker could be Zemo himself. Mm. possible yeah so who knows yeah that's another thing but you know it's got to be mephisto or agatha (laughs) (laughs) all along yeah we're (laughs) gonna get that jam we're gonna get that jam that that breakdown uh that that jam's gonna uh break into that next episode or two and zemo's gonna start doing his his best you know (laughs) dice throwing dance dude that (laughs) 
I guess that dance was improvised. Did you know that? Oh, I'm I'm not surprised. That I'm like not surprised. I guess he had did an interview, and uh, he was saying that he was just he was just doing it on the side, didn't think that they were gonna even use it for anything. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they ended up wanting the full cut. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but all these people out here blowing their loads over his dance moves, they're fine. But they ain't stepping to Nicolas Cage's dance moves because his dance moves in Willy's Wonderland, oh they they blow Z, Captain Nemo's out of the water. So. <laughs> so there's a bunch of memes, of course, ever since Zemo busted a move on the dance floor. Oh, God, of um, course. There, one of my favorites is the four horsemen of dancing. And Jeez. it's basically... Hold on, I'm trying to look for it. It's so it is Star Lord, Zemo, <laughs> Peter Parker from Spider Man Three, Three, yeah, Tobey and Myers. of course Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. So, oh man, I <laughs> I don't know, man. Chris Pratt kind of like surprised me when that opening scene happened. So. Yeah, cake for me as as cringy and wonderful as as Tobey Maguire's is, I think uh, Pratt takes the cake on that one. Yeah, I just like the music behind Joker's man when he's doing that dance, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I love Joaquin the best. Yeah, just, just that dance, man. And like, yeah, because it, it started a phenomenon too. So yeah, right, when That's that true. when that film debuted, a lot of people were going to that um to that. Uh, those famous uh, that famous stairway yep. in New York and a lot of people local people were getting pissed off and local businesses were getting pissed <laughs> off because tourists. tourists were going there and not spending a dime on their local businesses they just <laughs> wanted to see like and I remember the, a bunch of memes like me and my boys going to the holy trip or whatever to the sacred stairs <laughs> making a <laughs> sacred pilgrimage <laughs> Jeez. so yeah uh yeah and there's some great behind the scenes footage of joaquin phoenix as well when they were filming that like that that scene that's that's pretty cool but yeah that's falcon and winter soldier uh next up i want to talk about is invincible have you guys been able to check it out nope no not yet okay nah well there is i think four episodes now no no five episodes because the first, yeah, two weeks ago when the show dropped, they dropped three episodes. They're doing the same thing with, like, with, they did with the boys, which I think is genius because they're giving you three episodes to binge. Like, you want a taste? Oh, we'll give you more than a taste. We'll give you more than a sampler. This ain't no Costco shit sampler. We'll give you the full <laughs> fucking meal for free. And then you're going to come back for more. So I easily binge those first three episodes. And I was, I'm, I got sucked into it. I'm so into it. I still have to watch the fifth episode, the newest one, but it's, it's really great. Uh, it's fantastic. And it's, I, I mentioned on that episode, um, the last episode that I am really digging it. The animation, the voice cast, the music is, is really they're, well done. They're 30 um, minutes apiece. Yes, I think. And I think it could be a little bit more. Um, yeah. Uh, and then also, like, at the very end of each episode, they have, like, a quick scene, like, basically leading into the next episode. So it gets you, like, really, like, excited and looking forward to that next yeah. episode. Um, season, uh, season one, episode one, 
It's not showing me the run times here. Huh, interesting. But yeah, there are five episodes right now. And it is rated R to the highest level because, man, it is bloody and violent, but really fantastic. Um, you've got Stephen Yun as Mark Grayson, who's our main character, and then J.K. Simmons is his father. Sandra Oh is his mother. You've also got Zazie Beats. You can get back on it already. So last thing I was talking about was Invincible. Um, yeah, it's got a stacked cast. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. So my question is, is it violent? Because it looked it pretty violent. It is trend. violent. It is oh, violent. It is yeah. bloody. It, um, but uh, apart from that, it's got a great story. Okay. It's got a great story. Like um, yeah. And it's just very well done. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's check really it out. Good. Yeah, you got to check it out. I mean, it, it's worth, it's definitely worth checking out. So, well, I was just telling Jester, I haven't got around to it yet because we're in the middle of WrestleMania week. So it's like virtually impossible to do. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I think I mentioned it on the last episode that Seth Rogen is working on a live action version uh, uh -oh. film of this. But now that, now that we're so spoiled with, with uh, you know, a series, the series style of storytelling, I would prefer seeing a live action, you know, adaptation in a series as opposed to a film, unless they're going to do the film and they're going to do it like at least two and a half hours. And then they're going to continue it with like sequels and like the way that's presented here, it's like really well done. So it's going to be, uh, it's, it's, it has a, the film, the live action version will definitely have a lot to live up to uh, as, as far as, you know, how it's being done in, and I haven't even read, you know, the, the, the graphic novel, the comic book itself. But when you hear Queer talking about it, yeah, he makes me want to get the damn thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All righty. Uh, we're going to talk about some news. So, of course, with the Snyder Cut released, everyone thought, even last year when Ray Fisher started talking about, you know, his, the mistreatment, a lot of people were like, ah, he's just crying and whining all that shit. But of course, when everyone got a glimpse of his performance and what he was really making a big fuss about, now people realize that he really got uh, gypped from that performance and what he put in. And I'm really glad that a lot of people, especially at first, like I'm seeing a lot more people who are like now understanding the big deal of the Snyder Cut and the controversy that's that it's been through and why it really deserves you know people's attention as opposed to the Whedon cut which is canon still can't like really <laughs> who, who, who are we quit dicking around Warner Brothers like come on you serious so um Ray Fisher again uh has another has more to say uh, and it came out on Hollywood Reporter. And it actually makes sense that ever since he started talking that you basically he would release stuff. And it's like marketing, basically. You know, you, you're releasing. And then, of course, now we also have 
Chris Terrio, the screenwriter for Batman v Superman and Justice League, he just also recently came out. He has his own like uh, article that came out. And the um, one of the writer, the writer of that piece even tweeted and said, to put it lightly, essentially she said like, Warner Brothers did not want me to, to write this. So that is very telling. And that tells you a lot on the goings behind the scenes of Warner Brothers. Um, there's a lot that they don't want out there that's going on, that's been going on, that they're just like, let's sweep it under the rug, but too late. So Ray Fisher, so this is from HollywoodReporter.com. Ray Fisher opens up about Justice League, Joss Whedon and Warner's. And quote, he says, I don't believe some of these people are fit for leadership. So this was written by Kim Masters. And she was the one who tweeted and basically said, like, Warner Brothers is not, uh, did not want me to write this, but she did. And as, as any good journalist with integrity should do their job, uh, you know, despite going against the tide and going with what's cool or, you know, popular, um, you go with your gut and you tell the, the truth of the story. So you write the shit out of it. Um, so it says here, over the past year, the actor has assailed the filmmaker and studio in harsh but cryptic tweets for what he says was racist and inappropriate conduct. Quote, I'm not so in debt to Hollywood that I haven't been willing to put myself out there. So now it says Ray Fisher is ready to talk. Ever since June 2020, when he fired off a tweet accusing Joss Whedon of, quote, gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable, end quote, conduct on the set of Justice League, the 33-year-old actor has used social media and a series of interviews to lob serious allegations of racist behavior and a cover-up at Warner Brothers. So lots of stuff going on. And it, it also came out that Joss Whedon even threatened Gal Gadot's career back in 2017 when they were doing the reshoots for Justice League. He basically locked her in a room and threatened her and threatened her career and told her like, I can make this look bad or I can make this look okay or whatever. Like, and she, uh, she subtly <laughs> mentioned, Gal Gadot subtly mentioned that she had an issue with Joss Whedon and she brought it up to the studio and the studio took care of it. So of course for Gal Gadot, that came in a sense easy because she had she was a big star. She was, she had the upcoming Wonder Woman film, but for Ray Fisher, you know, an up and coming actor, they weren't really giving him much attention until now. So yeah, um, the piece, there's a lot here on the Hollywood Reporter but it just goes to show that this is far from over and that uh, he, sa he says here, he still wants an apology from, uh, from basically the studio heads. That's and never going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's happen. Right. So let me see here. I'm scanning through it. Um, all three of us will win the lotto before he gets an apology from any studio head whatsoever. Right. And then they it also, it's also revealed that 
uh, Cyborg, the character of Cyborg was always a part of that Flash uh, spinoff film, that, that Flash solo film. And, you know, they basically cut out that role because of what he's been doing in as far as speaking out. Uh, so, yeah, it's really fascinating that, you know, but I'm, I'm really proud of him that he's sticking to his guns. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, but it just shows how rotten and, you know, how crazy things are, things have been going on behind the scenes and that there's so much more to, you know, what we think has been going on. So, yeah. And uh, Joss Whedon, uh, Joss Whedon has his new show, The Nevers, which will be premiering on HBO tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, yeah. he did leave. He left that show uh, in the middle of production. So who knows if we're going to see that series continue. Um, oh, yeah. So here I'm looking at. So it says here, the biggest clash, sources say, came when Whedon pushed Gal Gadot to record lines she didn't like. Threatened to harm Gadot's career and disparaged Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins. While Fisher declines to discuss any of what transpired with Gadot, a witness on the production who later spoke to investigators says that after one clash, quote, Joss was bragging that he's had it out with Gal. He told her he's a writer and she's going to shut up and say the lines and he can make her look incredibly stupid in this movie, end quote. So oh, mature. What was that? I'm just saying, like, wow, real mature dude. Like, you you get a little bit of power, and you your ego goes through the roof, and you're just gonna be an absolute tool to everybody. Like, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. So it's just it, stupid, stupid behavior. Yeah, exactly. And something you'll never hear from the likes of Zack Snyder. Uh, it says here, a knowledgeable source says Gadot and Jenkins went to battle culminating in a meeting with then Warner's chairman, Kevin Tsuchihara. As for comment, Gadot says in a statement, quote, I had my issues with Whedon and Warner Brothers handled it in a timely manner. And then, of course, three months after Justice League hit theaters, Whedon exited Warner's Batgirl project because he was supposed to write and direct a, a Batgirl solo film. And then, of course, he said, uh, quote, Batgirl is such an exciting project and Warner's DC, such collaborative and supportive partners that it took me months to realize I really didn't have a story. I'm sorry. This guy is able to write from as far as what I can see from looking at his career and to not have a story for Batgirl or at least take an inspiration from the years and years of Batgirl stories in the comic books. Come on, that's a load of bull, obviously. So, mm. and and then another thing that came out from this article is that even Warner uh, Warner Brothers executives were thinking that Zack Snyder was using Ray Fisher to get to the Snyder Cut. There's like a conspiracy that like, Snyder is like using him, no. and I'm like, wow, really. Are we not seeing the hashtags that fans have like, you know, been fighting for? 
So, and then there's also this thing that came out. Can we just grow up? Seriously. Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. And then, of course, there's also this thing that came out. Um, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name right. I may butcher it. Rajay Jean Page who is a, a breakout star of Bridgerton, which is a series on Netflix. Uh, he auditioned for the role of Superman's grandfather for the show Krypton. But Jeff Johns, who was overseeing the project, said Superman could not have a black grandfather. The creators also wanted to make one superhero character, Adam Strange, gay or bisexual. But sources mm-hmm. say Johns vet- vetoed the idea. And then uh, it says here, quote, Jeff celebrates and supports LG, LGBTQ characters, including Batwoman, who in 2006 was reintroduced as LGBTQ in a comic book series co-written by Johns, says Johns rep in an email. Johns also pitched Warners on developing a television show around the first LGBTQ lead DC superhero television series, which of course is uh, Batwoman. And then he adds, as for the role of Superman's grandfather, the rep says, Johns believed fans expected the character to look like a young Henry Cavill. By the way, you know, everyone's been waiting for more of Henry Cavill's Superman, but, you know, we've heard nothing. And then now you're going to say, oh, fans are going to think that it should look like a young Henry Cavill. Like, come on, enough with this bullshit. All right, moving on. Um, the next up, so Godzilla versus Kong seems to be the biggest hit to date of the pandemic. This is from Variety.com. Godzilla versus Kong is a box office and HBO Max hit. So uh, the open, opening weekend at the box office racked up $48.5 million in its first Five days in theaters so that was really huge um the biggest one to date and the fact that also a lot of people watched it on hbo max um and of course for 15 dollars a month the fact that you're able to see a brand new movie day and date you know at the convenience of your own home uh and you can pause the movie whenever you want to you don't have to deal with annoying uh, people who are texting in a movie, which I don't know why you'd be texting in the middle of a movie with your bat signal bright ass screen illuminating <laughs> and shining and blinding other viewers, you know, like wow. But yeah, um, you know, and if we look back at not too long ago, towards the end of 2020, before when Warner, uh, when Warner Brothers and HBO Max and AT and T did the huge announcement that we're gonna stream day and date brand new movies to hbo max uh in 2021 with no additional charge a lot of people were like this is the death of movie theaters as we know it uh the movie industry is going down the drain it's gonna go extinct well it doesn't look that way because obviously people have missed the communal experience of going to a movie theater and uh, enjoying a movie on a much larger screen than a 65 or 70 inch you know, or whatever screen they have at home, because there's just nothing like, you know, seeing a movie at the movie theater. 
So that's good. And then uh, yeah. along with this, uh, Warner Brothers did announce for 2022 their entire 2022 film slates with films such as uh, The Batman will be exclusively in theaters and it will not stream to HBO Max. And part of that reasoning and that change in decision, of course, and they always said that the 2022 film slate would be, you know, uh, up in the air, that's subject to change. Part of that, I think, is the reasoning is because now you're seeing a lot of the population is getting, you know, uh, vaccinated. And a lot of people are now willing to go to the movie theater, especially if they're vaccinated. They feel much, you know, more confident and safer. So people are going back to the movie theater. Well, HBO also, not for nothing, when everybody, and that's why I never understood the temper tantrum. HBO and Warner Brothers also said in the in the announcement, this is the slate for this year. This is how this this is how we're doing it this year. Right. Say for the next 20 or 10, like and ah, it's the death of like stop. They didn't say that. And now that's it's it's proving what I was trying to say that this is this is what we're doing right now. This is what we need to do while we get the vaccinations and everyone can get everyone can get the cure because that's what we want. Not just your TT and your and your Mima and, and we all want to get the cure. Then we can all start piling back in there. Regardless, you know, that's what that's why they had to do this. And now we see with the 2020 slate, it's going exclusively back to theaters because their hope is we've all gotten vaccinated, everything's at least semi back to normal, and we can start going back there. That's why I never understood the temper tantrum that was thrown. Right. I and did they, not get that when that was announced why everybody was flipping tables and kicking down doors and kicking and screaming. Like I didn't understand that. Let's not forget Christopher Nolan. And, and Martin like, Scorsese yeah. and, 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 and Coppola all throwing their, the, the big three all throwing their big giant temper tantrums. And each oh. one of them, I loved how each one of them wanted to one up each other. <laughs> you know, Christopher Nolan started off light, then Martin Scorsese kind of kicked it harder, and then Coppola just said, you're both pussies, they're, they're garbage. Yeah. So, you know, I just like how that worked out. Now, here we are. Look where we're at now. Yeah, no, I remember Nolan's statement was like, last night, a lot of uh, the industry's best filmmakers and actors went to bed working for the best studio in Hollywood and woke up this morning to such tragic news or something like that. But hey, he did a passive, passive aggressive way, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Nolan, that's Nolan's way, you know, and, and I expect that. Not Scorsese and Coppola, though. They they there was a flat out your garbage. That's that that's the way we feel about you. Right. But hey, I'll give it to Nolan. Um, when theaters open reopen in LA a few weeks ago, he was one of the first people in line to yep. buy. Tickets at a movie theater. But his uh, money where his mouth was, so. Yeah, and of course, finding out much later that he had a huge role uh, in getting to encourage Zack Snyder to do the Snyder Cut and finish it. Like, that that was really cool. So, um, some other movies that have shifted. So now, of course, we're seeing a lot of shifting going on as far as release dates. Some are getting moved up earlier. Some are, uh, films are getting pushed back. 
Um, so some of them, of course, we've got here. This is from Fandom. Um, the Forever Purge. I didn't even know we were getting another Purge film. Yes. July 2nd, 2021. And then, of course, July 9th is the big one, Black Widow, which now is going to be released in theaters and, you guessed it, Disney Premier Access for an additional $30. Oh, Disney Mouse House wants your, The Mouse House wants your hard-earned dollars. And I see, I can see people definitely plunking down the 30 bucks if you're if you have a family of three to four or more, the $30 is a great deal because you're definitely saving more money um, than going to a movie theater. You know? I don't like it. I don't I don't like it though. <laughs> I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want it. I mean when and then they also dropped a brand new trailer which like looks epic and like so personal. My daughters are strong. My strong strongest ever. Um so yeah that was my terrible impression of red <laughs> guardian uh, um but yeah i mean i'm excited to see it and i'm i'm hoping that so right now uh we didn't get to do a private screening for godzilla versus kong but i'm thinking now we're gonna be able we're gonna be able to do one for mortal Kombat. yeah so and some people have expressed that they wanted to join us as well and we're like yeah you know Get over here. We're definitely up for that. So Mortal Kombat, of course, got moved to April 23, a week uh, from its original release date, because when uh, Warner Brothers saw Godzilla versus Kong making all the MonsterVerse money, they're like, um, let's move Mortal Kombat a week after, which is, actually isn't too bad, because when the announcement was made, some people were like whining and crying. I'm like, it's a fucking week. We've been in the pandemic for over a year. If you can deal with over a year, you can wait a week. Like, holy shit, dude. Calm down. So, yeah, Black Widow is the big one uh, that I'm sure if we're seeing Godzilla versus Kong make 48.5 million buckaroos, there's a good chance by July with increased capacity by then, middle of the summer, we're probably going to see Black Widow smash that record without a doubt. Um, that's, so that's July 9. And Snake Eyes, the G.I. Joe movie, Snake Eyes got moved up to July 23rd, which got, which got me really excited because I was thinking we weren't going to see this to like fall, like around October of this year. So that got moved up to July 23rd. Jackass 4 is October 22nd, 2021. And then Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick, November 19, 2021. And then here we go. Mission Impossible 7. What I sleep with every night. The future of this industry. I almost don't want to watch that movie because of that incident, dude. I swear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. That dude. We're, the whole time we're going to be watching it, we're like, and this is where the part where he blew up. <laughs> Not only that, but it's like, oh, he, <clears throat> I don't, I didn't need to watch this. You know what I mean? I could have slept tonight. I'm like, <laughs> So Mission Impossible 7 is May 27, 2022. Dungeons and Dragons, March 3, 2023. Untitled Star Trek film, which I'm hoping will be like a Quentin Tarantino film. Not going to happen. June 9, 2023. Mission Impossible 8, July 7, 2023. 
and then Imaginary Friends, which has Ryan Reynolds and John Krasinski, November 17, 2023. Of course, there's other movies here that was not included, but these are the ones that like shifted in release dates so far. Um, I'm sure by the next episode, we're probably going to see a few other films um, move, you know, as far as, and it's normal. I mean, especially now it makes sense, but I'm glad that like Snake Eyes has moved up. Like, give me that shit. I just hope like we get the toys before the movie as well. Because like, holy shit, I'm excited for some new G.I. Joe. Shit, I'm glad we're getting that forever purge because they were talking about dropping it all together there for a while. So, yeah, I, yeah, I had no idea we, we were getting another close, one. We need to close the book on this uh, this series. They left it hanging. They left it hanging too high out there. We need to close the book. So, yeah, yep. So that's some of the mo- release dates. Oh, and next up from the HollywoodReporter.com. We've got one of your guys' favorite directors, uh, the director of the cult smash hit, The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson. So, Ryan Johnson, I don't even know if we're going to get his Star Wars trilogy. Oh, good. um, Because at this point, after this deal, he can just do whatever now, and he's just going to swim like Scrooge McDuck in that swimming big swimming pool vault of money. Uh, the Knives Out sequels, the Who Done It behind Netflix's four hundred and sixty-nine million dollar power play. So Knives Out two and three, Netflix landed a deal to secure those for four hundred and sixty-nine million dollars for the two sequels. <laughs> now, granted, Ryan Johnson doesn't keep all of that money, but it's reported that he's going to land around a hundred million. I'm not sure for both films, possibly for both films. So um, this is written by Boris Kitt. Um, so we are going to be getting Daniel Craig back as, um, what's his character's name? I'm trying to see here. Dude, what Spec- do people see in those movies? So or what do we, what do they see in Knives Out specifically that like it made them rave? Like I, I get Daniel Craig was great in that. I enjoyed him too, but. So the, the Knives Out film, the first one, was made for $40 million, and it made it grossed over $300 million at the domestic box office. So that's one of the biggest things about it, that uh, okay. Netflix was like, we love money. <laughs> we, <laughs> we love eyeballs, too. Like, and, and the fact that, the fact that, you know, that a movie of that small budget, relatively small budget, $40 million, grossed over that much they knew that he he wrote i think yeah he wrote and direct he yeah he wrote and directed the first knives out so they're thinking like hey we got to get this guy to make those sequels but yeah. it was just it was okay like i don't need a Netflix. i loved it i loved it. i wish i saw it in the theater um but i loved it i enjoyed it yeah it was all right I don't know. For me, it was all right. I just was like, it's not the director. Like, I, I really, like I said, like, I, I liked Looper all the way into the end. Like, Looper was such a cool movie. And then at the end, I was like, hey, you remember this, like, thing we mentioned in the beginning of the movie? Yeah, that's really important right now. Like, it's so stupid. Like, I hate the way he writes like that. It's so annoying. But yeah, okay, I'm going to go on a tangent. I don't need to go on a tangent on Ryan. But yeah, I, I just don't get the hype over Knives Out. I don't. It's just kind of weird. But yeah, so whatever. it says here, oh, so I, I signed corrected. 
The film grossed 311 million globally, not domestically, but globally. But okay, yeah, but either way, I mean, 300 million globally is still huge and nothing to scoff at. So There's nothing to scoff at, but it's nothing to go recklessly spending. And this is the problem with them because that's great. But this is why we continue to see our rates rise all the time because of their reckless spending. And this is the reckless spending I'm talking about. I didn't like Knives Out, but it's not because I don't like Ryan Johnson. I actually think he's, when he's wrangled in, he's very talented. Uh, this isn't it. You, you just said it yourself, domestically. That's great. Or, or internationally, that's great. That's great. For a $40 million budget, that's great. But when we're talking about raising rates all the time for reckless spending, your reckless spending better be paying off more than just 316 internationally. You, you're, you, you better be hitting them ballpark numbers out of the fucking park with ballpark IPs. And you want to know who's doing it? We don't need to go down the road. These other streaming services, they may not be the top of the hill right now but what you're doing netflix is you're helping them get right up to you to where they can knock you off the hill don't be blockbuster don't do it because you're 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 following similar patterns that blockbuster did that put them out of business you can't do this kind of shit during the streaming wars because guys like hbo max and amazon are and hulu and disney they're not going to put up with it. They're not just going to sit on the sideline and go, oh, hum. Like a perfect example is Apple. No one's talking about them in the streaming war, but they're, when, they get, when they get content, they're going for the quality that they know will bring viewers there. Like, for example, the foundation. Foundation is going to bring a huge swarm of nerds who are already in the Apple nerddom to con oh, and bring a lot of people there to bring more revenue and money there. When you talk about bringing revenue to your streaming service, the best you got is sequels to two sequels to Knives Out. Really? That's the well, key. Hold up. Hold up. There's more, but wait, there's more. Okay, let's hear more of the average middle of the road. So this is from <laughs> this is from Variety.com. Sony Pictures moves their movie oh, yeah. output deal from stars to Netflix in rich pact. So this is written by Matt Donnelly and Cynthia Littleton. So Netflix has emerged the winner of a nearly two-year auction for the exclusive U.S. rights to stream Sony Pictures theatrical releases in the first pay, oh, in the first pay TV window, starting with the studio's 2022 slate. <laughs> so the way that was presented, the winner of that, like, here's here's your prize pig at the fair, ladies and gentlemen, that you. <laughs> so it says here the. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. You're good. It says here, uh, starting with next year's slate, all movies from the various film banners on the Culver City lot, including Columbia Pictures, Sony Pictures Classics, Screen Gems, and TriStar Pictures, 
will stream exclusively to Netflix after their theatrical and home entertainment releases. That promises to bring to Netflix future installments of the Spider-Man, Venom, and Jumanji franchises, among others. The pay one window usually begins about nine months after a film's theatrical release, although that timetable may have been sped up for Netflix over the course of the pandemic. Sony has sold multiple slate titles to Netflix outright, including Kevin Hart's Fatherhood and the animated films, The Mitchells versus The Machines, which actually looks really good. My, my son, whenever he's watching a YouTube video, when, the, when an ad pops up, that's the ad for the trailer for that, The Mitchells versus The Machines, and that actually looks like a good film. Um, and Wish Dragon, which I've never heard of. Um, Sony Pictures is a great partner, and we are thrilled to expand our relationship through this forward-thinking agreement. So what I find interesting here is that we're never going to get any of Tom Holland's Spider-Man films on Disney+. Plus. It's going to Netflix, which for Netflix is like a big, fuck you, Disney. <laughs> we're getting your Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> which I think is interesting because as much as you know, Spider-Man is in the MCU, you're just not going to see those individual Spider-Man films on the Disney Plus streaming service, which I thought was quite wild. The fact that they don't have, they didn't, they didn't secure that or do something about it at least, you know. But I guess they could care less because Spider-Man's in Civil War, Spider-Man's in Infinity War, and Endgame. The fuck do we yep. care about those Sony films? <laughs> exactly, they're peanuts and it's child's play. Yeah. They're just waiting for the money to burn out until where they can go, okay, now we're going to buy your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and, and then, of course, we've got um, Indiana Jones. We got an update uh, uh -oh. yesterday. A new, this is from Lucasfilm and their official social media channels, with a picture of, of course, Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge who has joined the cast alongside Harrison Ford in the fifth installment of the iconic franchise. And I'm not sure why they're not saying it's the fifth and last installment. Oh, Fleabag. Yeah. Unless they're planning a sixth, you know, film, which I don't know is in the cards right now. be on the grave at that point because you'll be lucky to get him through this one. Right. Right. Seriously, are we doing like what's next? Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry number eight, you know, at yeah. 90. Like, stop, stop with these old relics. Stop, we get it. Like, okay, so I'm not gonna go on a rant. I wanted, I wanted to ask a question What's your take on it, Jester? Because I've always wondered, like, how do you feel about Indiana Jones as a whole, and what do you think about old man Harrison Ford? being dug out of his walker to come back for another franchise movie just like they did with The Force Awakens. Because once again, we're digging the talcum powder and the Depends out just to get this guy for... Because it's for the name at this point. Let's just be honest. So what's your opinion, Jester? What's your opinion? My opinion is Indiana Jones... <laughs> will forever be great movies fourth I one I, I know people gave a lot of heat and the ending was just you know old man like dumb stuff but i i still liked it a little I'm not gonna lie but 
I think we should just let it go. Just let it be free. Let it live in infamy, right? Let it live in this wonderful thing. Like in my having the hard copies, I, I'm good. I don't need any more. I don't even want a remake, to be honest. And I don't want any of that. Just for crying out loud, just come up with some other treasure hunter guy that likes to do the same stuff. Leave Indiana Jones alone, man. It's over. He's old. And I don't want a fifth one. I don't want a fifth one where he's got his cane out and he's limping <laughs> over to the to the Nazi, like, oh, you better watch out, you know, kapow kind of thing. I, I don't I don't need that. Any, like as much as I like Harrison Ford, man, I think he's great. I'd like to see him in, in more movies, but not more movies where he has to be super physical because it comes to a point where it's just it's hard to watch. So yeah, lovable grandpa. That'll be suitable. Uh, I'm I dude, I'd be fine where he's president again. Another Air Force One, maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm down. You know what I mean? But like Indiana Jones, nah, man. I, I, Here's a twist. Maybe you put him in a movie where he's a Nazi. He's a former <laughs> soldier, you know? Yeah, I, who knows, man? You could, or you remake could do... to App Pupil, you know? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could, anything but Indiana Jones. Like, it's too late. Like, if they did, <laughs> if they did another one after the fourth one, right afterwards, instead of waiting until he has a heart attack, then <laughs> maybe. But wow. now it's just it's too <laughs> it's too late, dude. Like their time, their time is over. You that, know what I mean? like, that was I my hope to... when they um when they announced that they were making Indiana Jones four. I was hoping that George Lucas and Spielberg would have taken the approach that Lucas did with the Star Wars prequels, where like, okay, we're doing episode one, two, and three. Like mm. when they did four, like okay, we're gonna do Indiana Jones four, five, and six. Like it could have happened like it had they done it that way um i'm still looking forward to it it's just well, been in, in development hell for the longest time um as it the, should be the the fact that spielberg is not directing this yeah, is see, what that's is another what, problem yeah that's yeah. what gets me because spielberg even said harrison ford is indiana jones and there will never be another indiana jones so yeah. long as Harrison Ford as Harrison Ford lives. And I don't know why I'm laughing, but there was even like years ago, there was like when Chris Pratt, when his star started shining high and bright after Guardians, they were like, oh, there were a lot of people were photoshopping Chris Pratt as a younger Indiana Jones. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I could see it. I could see, I could see that. But for me personally, as long as Harrison Ford is still alive, he should play Indiana Jones. You know, I, I was, I really liked the fourth film. I liked that they introduced Shia LaBeouf until of course he started opening his big fucking mouth. After. <laughs> and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You just work with Spielberg and Harrison Ford and you're going to say all this shit. And that, of course that ruined his chances. I mean, they could have instantly continued the story with his character. Um, and I would have had uh, a problem with it, but yeah. Uh, what I find interesting here is that Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is also, who played L337 in the solo spinoff film and has been integrated as the Millennium Falcon computer, is now going to be with Han Solo. Like, that's pretty fucking awesome. Like, I, the fact that I realized that, I was like, wow. And that's the only thing that intrigues me is her because she's actually very talented as a writer. Yep. Because... Killing Eve is a really, really good show that she, if I'm not mistaken, created and writes. 
She's doing work on the new Bond that a lot of people aren't happy with, but we haven't. She is seen. on the new Bond film. Yes, yeah, because that's the big reason why they're doing a lot of the pushing is because Daniel Craig likes the work she does, and he specifically wanted her on there, and she got on board. Ah, and that, and a lot of the, a lot of the controversial things that are coming out are from her mind and that's why a lot of people are not liking her and not liking where the direction is going because the secret and like people don't want to spill the tea sis but i will because i've been reading about it and i've been following her because like i said she's talented she's making a lot of the changes that she wants changed in bond that the broccolis and everybody else are trying to resist so fascinating mm. Yeah, so when you really look into it, you find that it is a fascinating tale. So that intrigues me. It's just like we just discussed. At this point, it becomes a Black Widow scenario. Do I really give a fuck about another Indiana Jones at this point? Not really. Do I really care? Especially without Spielberg. Without yeah, exactly. With the, no Spielberg on the top feel, of that. Like you can have whoever, like you can have the most talented person write and direct that movie but it will never have the feel that spielberg brought to those movies it will never have that feel again i'm sorry it doesn't matter but uh, exactly. i don't know and that's another that's another problem i have like so you threw spielberg out too yeah why do i care once again oh well we'll get what so, we get and i'm sure I I'll know. Watch we'll it. see we'll see mm. even if, if it even gets off the ground because we're talking about it and yeah they're saying this that and the other Let's see it. Yeah. I mean, done before he kicks the bucket, by the way, please. (laughs) I don't want to be nasty and try and be funny, but please get it done because we don't know, especially in the COVID timeline. And after what we saw with DMX, granted, a lot of what happened, he did. the, The future is not guaranteed. So let's get this done before he kicks the bucket. Otherwise, it really won't matter because you won't have Spielberg and you won't have Ford. And then we can just all say, fuck it. <laughs> so part of that announcement also was John Williams is returning to score the film. And John Williams is in his 90s. Exactly. He ain't getting any younger either. So. And I'm surprised that that guy is still working. Um, so speaking of Bond real quick, I wish Kuya was here to hear this, but I'm sure he will listen to this episode and he will enjoy this, this part. Um <laughs> So Hans Zimmer, the great Hans Zimmer, who we love in the DC films, specifically for the Snyder films, um, he uh, posted on Instagram. This was a few posts back, or March 15, not too long ago. Uh, So Hans Zimmer congratulated the one and only Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas (laughs) for making history and winning a Grammy for their song on the new James Bond film uh, for No Time to Die and they made history because the film has not even been out yet and yet they won a fucking Grammy yeah how, how, how does she feel about it how do you feel how do you feel oh, oh look feel at good. that look at that that's a taste of the unboxing you know there you go so yeah so Hans Zimmer wrote here the only way I get to see my friends these days is if they win at the Grammys. Major congratulations to Billie Eilish and Phineas on No Time to Die's win. 
you also made history since Bond 25 hasn't been released yet. It was a dream to work with both of you and Johnny Margram on this song. So Hans Zimmer also worked on the song. But awesome. um, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas won a Grammy for a song in a film that has not even been released yet. So Yeah, it probably yeah. never will at this rate. Like. <laughs> oh, you know, you know they want to release that film. Oh, I know, but... I think, was it Amazon? Or I can remember, we talked about it a few episodes back. Amazon, I think, or I, I forgot what studio. Or no, no, um, MGM wanted to sell the rights to stream Bond 25, No Time to Die, for yep. $650 million? Like, wow. That's, uh, that's a lot of cash. Yeah, but to me, that seems like chump change for Bond. Right. That's true. That's true. They, they were basically like, hey, we want $650 million now. You get to stream this tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they know? are in a heap of hurt with the finances, too. So I can okay. see that. Right. Yeah. So very interesting. Like Bond is literally the only thing keeping them afloat at this point. Right. Yep. And then another thing I wanted to talk about, since Jester is here, was yeah. uh, a few weeks ago, the <laughs> cast announcement for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Uh-oh. So, of course, we knew, we've known Ewan McGregor is coming back, of course, and Hayden Christensen, which was huge, uh, a huge announcement, and the, the, the rematch, as uh, Kathleen Kennedy said in that Disney Investor Day. So we've also got the cast. It also includes Joel Edgerton as Uncle yeah. Owen, and really, Bonnie Peace, Bonnie Peace is Anne Baru, who was also in that um, yeah. documentary about um, what was the what was the documentary about um, the one where Allison Mack was involved with. Oh, the the Nexium yes. cult. So Bonnie Peace was involved in that. Aunt Baru. <laughs> Yeah, because wow. I was I was watching I, I was watching one of the episodes and I, I dozed off and I woke up and I saw her and I was like holy shit what what's on Baru doing here and she she got suckered into it. I'm branded bitches. So other cast members joining are Kumail Nanjiani, Indira Varma from Game of Thrones, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Hell yeah. Sung Kang from uh, Fast and, uh, also known as Han from the Fast and Furious films. Simone Kessel and Benny Safdie, one of the Safdie brothers. So uh, I'm going to be so surprised when Adam Sandler is going to be walking in. <laughs> He's like in a tattoo in like a, in the cantina and Adam Sandler is playing like one of the aliens there or something. Oh, like, holy shit. Dude, dude, please don't. Or he's going to be like... He's going to be... He's going to be... He's going to be betting a lot on one of the games or like one of the... He's going to come oh up... Yeah. Would you like to buy some gifts? Oh buy my some gosh. gifts, dear? <laughs> Back to good. school. Back to school. <laughs> to prove to my father that I'm not a fool. Oh my gosh, dude. Please no. <laughs> Or he's just gonna be in the background when Obi Wan and Anakin show up, or when Anakin have the rematch, and he's just gonna be like, "I'm gonna come, 
But hey, I I did like I, I like um what's that Uncut Gems? I think it's a fascinating film. I really like that one. I don't know which I feel is more overrated, that movie or The King of Staten Island. The King of Staten Island for sure. I still need to watch The King of Staten Island because because at the good. very least I understood what Adam was trying to do with Uncut Gems. With the other one, it just felt like an entitled fuck schmuck pussy piece of shit so but hey bill burr saved it so you know he was great in that man yeah he was fantastic he really was um but no that cast for um obi-wan it sounds great man i'm i'm excited it's it's gonna be good i'm excited for that yeah um, i like that they're bringing back joel and and uh, it's the same girl from episode three right she was in the end of episode three as well right and two yeah bonnie yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so if I may ask real quick, not to interrupt, for those of us that aren't very familiar with the Space Wizard lore, <laughs> at what point in the timeline does this take place in the Star Wars Space Wizard timeline? So from episode three to what? Yeah, between between three and four. Between okay. episode three and four, okay. yeah. It's a couple years after, right? Well, obviously, because we got young Aunt Maru and uh, Uncle Fuck Buck Owen. Like, so. <laughs> well, we're probably going to be seeing a young Luke Skywalker as a kid. As well. Yeah, because the word the word is this may be take some of the things going around is this may be taking place around ten years before Episode Four. Mm. Okay, that's what I was wondering. So, because if I'm not mistaken, Luke was around eighteen in Episode Four. Okay. So if this is taking place around 10 years, then he'll be around eight years old, something like so that. that. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like what eight so, years okay. old running around. Now I get some power converters. This one's gonna be a motivator, and I just shit my hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it'll be really interesting and fascinating uh to see this show unfold. This is supposed to start filming any day now, like this month, if I'm not mistaken. And there was a recent photograph of Ewan McGregor because he also likes motorcycles and he did like a um, I think was it an Apple series or some I forgot which series or which streaming service where he drove from South America all the way up to North America he did like a cross country on electric bikes I think I don't know if oh, I right. heard about that that's yeah. right it's with his buddy yeah yeah that's yeah. right yeah so he had a recent photograph of him and like some of his uh, biker buddies where he's got the Obi-Wan look with the with the beard, the, everything, the facial hair. So on yeah. top of that, you know he's in shape too now because of that kind of activity. Right, right. That guy's so, always been in shape, man. He looks like he has I know, days. I know. Yeah. He's in better shape than all of us, and he's older than all of us. Like Dude, shit. Yeah. It's impressive how well that shit. guy looks. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm really excited as far as Hayden Christensen's involvement in this um of course a lot of because kathleen kennedy said it's going to be the rematch of the century so when she says that obviously darth vader will be in his armor here it's after obviously after episode three so we're gonna see darth vader at some point in this series fight obi-wan kenobi but I'm curious because it could have been, they could have gotten the same guy that they did for Rogue One that played Vader at the end of Rogue One, you know, and you can still get James Earl Jones to provide the voice. 
you don't need Hayden Christensen, but then you're not going to get Hayden Christensen if you're not going to show his face, or at least parts of it. So I'm really yeah. fascinated as to what extent we're going to get, whether we're going to get any flashbacks from the Clone Wars. And no, holy man. shit, if they do a flashback of the Clone Wars and we see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, fuck me! I'm creaming <laughs> my pants, shit, dude. dude. There's no oh, way dude, I'll last. Oh my cool. god. Oh, yeah. Mike and me will just do it simultaneously. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're going to need a whole new shipment of Buddy Lee dungarees for you, too. Oh, dude. 100%, dude. Yeah, I'm going to need my 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 Space Wizards Buddy Lee dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, boy. Yeah, this show, man. Um, yeah, it, and it's, it's kind of because we're taking a break right now from Star Wars, of course, but not too long because in, on May 4th, we're going to be getting the uh, the Bad Batch, the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch, aka the the Clone Wars season eight. Yeah, season eight, dude. This this will just call that. Yeah, this is a cartoon. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Animated series. <laughs> he's losing it. Like he's oh hell nah. <laughs> hey, the, the Clone Wars. I mean, the Clone Wars series. That's uh. That's just hey, hey, I'm glad you guys are getting some part of the pumpkin patch or whatever, you know. That's that's <laughs> great. Yeah. So I also want to bring up uh Disney Plus debuted the Star Wars Vintage Collection. I thought it was fascinating and how they named it the Vintage Collection has arrived on Disney Plus. So this was as of April 1st. Um so they included some vintage uh series over there uh so it's the uh caravan of courage which is an ewok film basically and then ewoks the battle for endor and then there's also a vintage cartoon um like segment the story of the faithful wookie <laughs> so that's why you put the air quotes up okay i'm seeing it now. <laughs> yeah. God. the ewoks animated series which i actually remember Seeing and I remember the song, the theme song going something along like where they e e e e walks. <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah, that tells Jeez. you how, how good that theme song was because I can still remember it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the the one that I got really excited about is the Clone Wars 2D micro series volume one and two. I don't know for the watch it again. Why I never bought the DVDs. When they were released. So for those that are not familiar with the 2D micro series. So before leading up to the release of what was then the last and final Star Wars film. Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith. uh, Lucasfilm made uh, these Clone Wars micro series. Which was basically like five minute episodes. uh, Taking place around the galaxy. And focusing on different characters like Yoda. Mace Windu, Anakin, and Obi-Wan. And then they were basically five-minute episodes for the first volume. And then volume two was actually much longer episodes than just five-minute episodes. And then when you watch them all together, like I think they had that feature on the DVD where you could watch it all together. And it's just like a grand epic story. It's Um, volume one and volume two. Uh, That's the DVDs they released and then they have them the same way in here. So it's volume one and volume two. Yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, this was leading up to episode three, after episode two, way before the 2008 Clone Wars supervised by Dave Filoni. So, you know, we got to see the, the in-between happenings of Anakin from uh, episode two to episode three, where he was inducted into the, uh, as a Jedi Knight, and then he fought Asaz Ventress. We were first introduced to General Grievous, like Boba Fett, we were first introduced um, to General Grievous as a cartoon character first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Before, you know, he started coughing like George Lucas uh, in Revenge of the Sith. Because for those of you that may not know, General Grievous' coughing sound effects uh, in Revenge of the Sith is actually George Lucas coughing when he had like a cold or like asthma or something. Um, or I think even pneumonia. I don't know. I can't even remember. But that, that's his cough, basically, um, in the film. Uh, but yeah, we got, and there's some great moments here in the series. So it's worth checking out. If you've got Disney+, Plus, um, whether you've seen the Dave Filoni Clone Wars animated series or not, it's worth checking out. It's an easy binge. It's way shorter. And it's done by uh, Gandhi Tartakovsky, who is famous uh, for Samurai Jack. And uh, I'm sure many other shows I can't remember on the top of my head. But um, I really like that style. They had action figures, which I never got. Now I want to get them. Um, and I want to get the Arc Troopers, man. Yeah, we were first introduced to the Arc Troopers mm-hmm. in that uh, yeah. in the 2D micro series. So lots of great stuff. Lots of great stuff. So yeah, uh, it's worth checking out. So check, check it out. And it's an easy, easy binge. So, and yeah, and then we even got characters like Dirge, who never made it to live action, but yeah. was in the micro series and the comic books. So, and then we got a great, uh, we got Obi-Wan in his, in a clone, clone trooper armor with his Jedi Knight, like, gear, which was awesome. And then there's, like, some jousting on speeder bikes, like, some great space battles, like, really cool stuff. Yeah, it was fun. Worth checking out. So, anything else you guys want to mention or discuss? Because that's that's about it. That's all I have. I'm good, man. I'm just, I like I said, I binged uh, the micro series already because it's been so long since I've seen that. I, the last time I saw them, it was on Cartoon Network. <laughs> yeah. So. And then uh, yeah, because they released the DVDs for those, and for whatever reason, I never got the DVDs. And then they were they've been out of print, yeah. and um. When Disney, of course, acquired Lucasfilm, they never re-released the, those DVDs. So those, the, I think they're actually pretty pricey on the secondary market. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know now if they dropped in price because now it's available on Disney+. Plus. But, you know, there's no, still something copy. about owning that physical media. Yeah, let me check. I'm, I'm curious now. I'm going to check how much they are. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Let's well, so call the Pinhead, micro series, right? Pinhead, anything you want to talk about, discuss? It's been a busy week, you know. It's WrestleMania weekend. Um, I'll get my full thoughts about the week here pretty soon. I don't know how I'm going to do it. We're going to do an unboxing here pretty soon. I'm, I think I'm going to be recording that tonight, and I'll have it uploaded. I know that I haven't been uploading on my socials, especially YouTube lately, but it's been a very hectic week, a very hectic week, especially those of you in the know. This has been a very busy week for wrestling fans. Plus, we got jobs on the side that we need to go to. So, 
But I will be recording an unboxing extravaganza tonight, and I will be posted very soon. Probably by no later than tomorrow afternoon. So it'll be out before this is uh, up. So, oh, oh and I would like to say what I am watching, you know, and you can get a free trial of it. It's only seven days, but you can watch it and then kick your free trial out before they charge you on Discovery Plus. How original, you know, we got another plus on our hands. There is a documentary about Onision. For those of you who don't know, the YouTuber Onision. It is fascinating and it is very, very, I would highly recommend watching it because it's very important to watch. I know I say that sometimes, but you really get a good insight of what it is to be, how celebrity can really fuck you up and how a sociopath can take over and become one of the biggest YouTubers ever to come out of that company so a lot of dirty shit comes out and it's 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 it sometimes it's uncomfortable because they show you footage of what he did to his to his decks you're like geez this guy's a fucking scumbag and that's being nice so it's it, it I, I highly recommend it that's what i'm watching the onision documentary on discovery plus like i said it's the only thing they got, so get a free trial real quick, watch that, and then kick them to the curb, and you'll never have to go back to Discovery Plus ever again. I've been seeing, yeah, I've been seeing ads for that. Who is Onision? Yeah, so yeah. did I. And I was like, all right, I've had enough. I've had enough because they were like, you want a free trial? I'm like, sure, let's do it. I'm, I'm I interested in uh, Discovery Plus for that um, Back to the Future series with um, – Oh my God! What's his name? There's a, there's this guy. There's a Back to the Future like fan. With, oh yeah, with Christopher Lloyd, right? Um, Christopher Lloyd, yeah. Dude, it was good. It was really good. Oh, was it? You checked it out? Yeah, I did. It, they were selling the um, or they were trying to build the time machine again, right? The I original. Think so. Or I thought they were also like, traveling Discovery around. Plus? Yeah. Uh. Or yeah, Discovery Plus. Yeah. So they were trying to build the original, but there were there were six time machines built for the movie. And they tried, they're trying to find a, a DeLorean again, like an original DeLorean, then modify it to the full potential of the time machine that is in the movie, remote controlled and everything. Oh, wow. And then oh, they, awesome. then, then they auctioned it off for, um, gosh, like what is charity? to charity, but for Parkinson's. Oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah, um, yeah, uh, Michael, Michael J. Fox. Fox. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I just I, I just was like, it was in the back of my mind. They were like, I'll wait for it to drop. So that's cool that it's already there. Yeah, Damn, it's good. I got something else to watch before I kick it to the curve. Like, yeah. It is. It, it's a little corny, but I mean, the story that's is, right. uh, it's cool, man. Like it, honestly, I was like, man, I kind of want a DeLorean now. I want to buy the original car. <laughs> yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah, it is fascinating. Reminds so. me of the time when um, we had a, there was a film festival here in town around 2008 and then uh we christopher lloyd was one of the like keynote speakers and I, I and i made sure to buy the dvd trilogy set of back to the future and then after the q a like he talked i i lined up to talk to him and me 
and I have his autograph on my DVD set. That's oh, awesome. Man. Yeah, that's awesome. But way before, like you know, uh, selfies and like pictures on your phone. So I never got pictures, but I have his autograph. So I'm like, he he was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and I even had um, my cousin asked me to have him sign the, his DVD cover of Clue. So. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Suburban Commando. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. I yeah I forgot that he was in that. I was frozen today. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yep. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Um, you guys can of course follow me on Instagram at filmmaker Mike, and uh, check out my YouTube channel as well on uh, YouTube. You can now search for filmmaker Mike, and you can find any of our channels and subscribe and support us if you'd like and uh yeah jester yeah i'm on uh, all kinds of social media um you can find me wherever you please i do movie reviews when i can and uh, on youtube you on pornhub <laughs> i mean <laughs> no oh, i'm so not baby. is that social media i guess it kind of is i, I mean know. if i could if i could uh no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I hear they make good money, but <laughs> only fans. I'll, I'll, I'll wear the uh, I'll wear the boba helmet, and uh, so I'm still anonymous. Ooh, ooh. you know, don't do that because I'll rub it too raw. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, it's okay. I'll just maybe I'll just have my my wife wear the stormtrooper helmet, and then then it's like just like the show The Mandalorian when he does all those all those stormtroopers. So <laughs> that's terrible. Now, um, either way, you know. So yeah, I'm on all kinds of social media except for those platforms. Sorry, guys. Um, and then follow Kuya, uh, old man Jimmy on Instagram. Give him some love yeah. for me. So Pinhead. Yeah. Yeah, follow me on the usual uh, Pinhead one nine eight on YouTube. We'll be doing that unboxing. Robbie's telling you, you know, we're going to be unboxing Robbie. Pinhead198. Oh, I got a switch now. It's under the same name. So if you want to come and whoop my ass on Smash Brothers or you want to step a Mario Kart, that's maybe stupider than Mortal Kombat. But anyway, you want to come and uh, play Switch, Pinhead198. Find me on there because I'm, I'm on a switch now. So I got that and then my Instagram under the same name so check them out we're doing big things right now hopefully oh yeah all righty then thank you guys for listening we appreciate it feel free to follow us on any of our social medias and uh if you're listening to us on spotify or you'd like to listen to us on spotify make sure to tap on that follow button so that you're informed of when we upload new episodes and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate if you would write a review. Um, I deleted my podcast app for Apple I, uh, recently just because it was taking up a lot of, I need to change my settings because it would automatically download like each podcast I'm subscribed to when I just want to stream it because it takes up like a lot of space eventually. So I don't think there's a new review there yet, but we'll try it next time for next episode. So this is a call to action because, you know, if um, more reviews are... I can check it out right now. 
then it will help other people, you know, or you could just write on the review, like, this is a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hey, listening hey, to right it, but it's shit. Right on there, say, you know? fuck Pinhead 198. He's a bitch-ass piece of garbage. Dude, be honest. If you don't like it, don't, you don't have to like it. Yeah, it's exactly. Fine. Give us shitty reviews. I hope you do, man. I wish uh, you would. We have seven <laughs> ratings right now. Ooh. Seven five that's stars. Cool. Yep. That's cool. At least we got seven ratings now. Yeah. Well, we're moving on up. Yeah. Yeah, we are. One grind at a time. On OnlyFans. I mean, uh, Apple Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alrighty then. Thank you guys for listening. Till next time. Stay safe out there. Peace. Y'all Bye. Soon.